finding happiness for myself and taking care of my own mental health just like in my head and it wasn't because i like studied a bunch of books on it or anything like that it was because i just had to deal with a lack of happiness and so i had to create it for myself Hey everyone, welcome to episode nine of the Mad Happy Podcast. I'm Payman. And I'm Mason. And we created this podcast to have conversations about mental health. We talk about some pretty serious topics on the show. We are by no means professionals and are not giving advice. If you or someone you know needs help, please visit us at localoptimist.com backslash podcasts. Today, we're excited to welcome musician Kyle, who you may also know as Super Duper Kyle. It was dope to have Kyle on the show, hear more about what mental health means to him. He's a huge advocate in the mental health community and has a lot of messaging in his music that relate to the cause. It was great to hear how mental health is such a core message and wanting to make people feel good in his music is really what he strives for every day. Yeah, the dude just radiates positivity, which I think you guys will be able to feel from this conversation for sure. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism. Please enjoy the show with Kyle. Today, we're joined by our friend Kyle. Kyle, I'm wondering, how do you introduce yourself these days? Um, You know, literally, <laughs> my dog, just like that, Kyle. It's really funny. Sometimes I feel like uh, people always expect me to have like, you know, like a real, real rap name. And so for that reason, I started really implementing the super duper Kyle thing. But I'm still, my artist name is still just like my name, you know, it's just yeah. me, it's Kyle. And did you, so is it no longer super duper Kyle or it's just. No, so that's the thing. It's like kind of hard to explain, I guess. Ooh, you know, maybe I should have changed that. But what happened was my name on Twitter was super duper Kyle. Right. And like, that's my account name for all my socials. Right. So because of that, people just started calling me Kyle. I mean, I mean, super duper Kyle. Right. And when I was first coming up, it was, I could see how it might be kind of hard for people to be like, yeah, have you heard about that rapper? Who? Kyle. You know, they're like, which Kyle? Like, (laughs) and so everybody called me super duper Kyle. So I've just essentially used that for like tour billing and just socials. But my artist name, like on record, you know, mm. every album is Kyle. Kyle. Like that's just a, you know. But also on festival billing, the reason I add Super Duper Kyle is I usually get a bigger space. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> that that's that's a great idea. Um, well, well, Kyle, it's great to have <laughs> you today. Uh, we've loved, you know, just getting ready for this episode, seeing how much you've you've been pretty open on the mental health side and just being an advocate and talking about it. So it's great to have you today. We're, we're excited to get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we'd like to start off every episode with a little prompt that we all answer to just kind of take our temperature and all kind of be present. So today's prompt is one goal I have for the summer is, uh, so I'll answer it. Kyle, I'll kick it to you and then payment will close us out. Hmm. Uh, one goal I have for the summer, I think is to try and be more balanced with just like work-life balance, friends, relationship, family. I feel like this year I've made a lot of excuses as to like why I'm not down after work to have dinner with that friend or kind of meet up with so-and-so or or go see my parents or something. Uh, But I kind of want to be more balanced this summer and really make time for people who I care about, who I don't get to see a ton. Oh, Kyle. That's awesome. Um, You know, something I want to improve on in the summer or something I want to work on I think really is and it sounds funny, but just taking better care of my body and actually like 
getting into really, really, really good shape, you know, like impressive shape. Because I noticed so much of my life is like fueled, you know, like you're fueled, you have, you have to be fueled by confidence. And I think um, it's funny, like I've always like kind of like steered away from focusing on image because I, I never thought that that was really healthy. And I think kind of as a society, we do that. We just like try to tell people like just love everything, you know, about yourself and all that. But I think sometimes it's great to try and chase things that'll make you confident. And yeah, so much of my life is just powered by like confidence. So if I can add more confidence to myself, I'm going to have less self-doubt. I'm going to have less, you know, stress on things that are actually not important um, because I'm going to be feeling great the entire time. So I need to like stretch, work out, eat right, like go to bed on time. You know what I mean? Do things yeah. that are going to make me function better and just make me overall more confident. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Like I feel like the it's just the basics like take you so, so far and, and really build up the, all the confidence you need. I think for me, it's it's been, you know, with work and what we're trying to do at Mad Happy, like it's always been like work as hard as possible. So I think one goal I have for the summer is also to be able to take a step back and take some some time off really to be able to come back fully energized and really be able to give it my all. Cause I think I've often had this, yeah, similar to you, like the doubt of like, oh, like if I'm not working, then like, you know, are we not moving forward and things like that. But just being kinder to myself, giving myself that time and knowing that that'll actually pay dividends in the long run. Love it. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Love it. So I'd love to go back to the beginning for you, Kyle, uh, kind of growing up or, or as a kid and whatnot. Like, what do you feel like was your first experience with mental health when you kind of realized like, hey, I'm feeling things and they're affecting kind of my behavior. And like, this is kind of a real thing and not just something in my head. Yeah. You know, mental health starts from the moment you open your eyes as a baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And for me, the thing I, the, when I started really coming up with like defense mechanisms and things to uh, like soothe me was pretty early on because I grew up like just in a very kind of like hostile environment. You know what I mean? And when you grow up in a hostile environment where a lot of people are angry, you know, in many different directions, you have to start building a world inside of your head that can make you escape from it at times when it's too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, you also have to learn how to be a pacifier at a really, really, really young age. And so it's like the world, I feel like handed me a lot of stress because there was just a lot of angry people in situations. And because of that, I got really, really good at kind of soothing myself, you know, and finding happiness for myself and taking care of my own mental health, just like, in my head and it wasn't because i like studied a bunch of books on it or anything yeah. like that it was because i just had to deal with a lack of happiness and so i had to create it for myself you know so i would say i started doing it at a really young age and music kind of helped me with mental health because you know it like was another thing that could sort of like take away pain you know yeah. i think it's like when i when i think of mental health and I and I'm I'm experienced in mental health with like things like depression and stuff like that, but all the way to like you know like my my sister has schizophrenia, mm -hmm. and like like actual you know 
not actual mental health, but you know, like a, a real a mental yeah, yeah. illness that is For sure. not curable. You know, For like sure. the thing about depression and stuff like that is like you can work through that yourself. Like some like being uh, schizoaffective, like that's a real mental illness you cannot get rid of. So I'm kind of experienced with both of them. But what I would say is that what I'm really an advocate for is like teaching kids and people how to like kind of like use your natural defense mechanisms to clean your mind, you know, and I was doing it from a really young age. I love that. What are those natural defense mechanisms that you're talking about? If you could share with us. Yeah. For one, it's just like when you say something really, when you say something nice to somebody else, yeah, there's an exchange that goes from you to that person, right? And regardless if that person says something evil back to you, right? If you constantly say something nice, it's rewarding to yourself, you know? And it's rewarding to yourself. And if you focus all your energy on, like, you kind of have to just build, like, I would literally just look at myself in the mirror and just say nice shit to myself. Yeah. I would. I would look at myself in the bathroom and just tell myself how great everything was, how nice I was. It's going to be a great day. I would do that as a yeah. little kid. You know what I mean? And I started being really proud. It started building this, like, small, like, it just, ah, it's, like, so hard to put into words. But, like, I would do that. I would stare in the mirror and tell myself nice things. Then I would go to school and just, like, high-five people and try so much to be nice to people, yeah. even when they were being mean to me. Because something about them being whack to me and me being nice to them made me feel proud, you yeah. know, and made me feel good. And I think in the simplest way, like mental health really has to do with like finding out ways to add value to yourself and add pride to yourself and add things that make you feel good. If you can figure out ways to always implement something that makes you feel good in your life, I think uh, that is how you can kind of like really keep yourself going you know or at least i feel like that's how i kept myself like afloat it's like a kid yeah i think i mean i think you're right so much of it is that the the basics of you know gratitude appreciation you know whether it's to yourself or to someone else that like really rewards you i guess we, you know we were reading about obviously you grew up in a pretty crowded household like did you feel like there wasn't a support system around you there and like you were sort of your own support system or like how was it that you came up you know you said your your sister suffered a lot so how was that support system for you guys you know it was like i definitely had a support system and i think my household as a child like even though it was yeah i grew up in a very crowded household you know like eight people and there's all these different personalities and everybody has different problems. But the support system was there. Like so many of the things that make me me is because I'm blessed that like my family actually is just genetically happy, you know? Like, so I also always accredit a lot of like me finding happiness in my life at such a young age, like to like a genetic thing too. Cause my family loves to dance. They love to laugh. They love to joke, but they also love to scream. They like to fight, you know? <laughs> and when you have that many people on top of each other, it gets hostile. But then my grandfather passed away and I was probably like 16 when that happened. And my dad never like really lived with us like that, but we lived in a household with my grandfather, my grandma, my mom, my aunt, my cousin, who also didn't really live ever live with her dad, my brother, my sister, and then my little brother. And so essentially he's like all of our dad, you know, 
He's mm-hmm. every he's literally my mom's dad. He's also kind of like my dad, you know. He's my aunt's dad. He's my cousin's. He was just such a pillar of like that household. And then when he died, everybody got smacked with like a strong breakdown. You know, every single person broke in that household. There was not a person together. We were all broke, which is understandable. But when that happens, you know, it's kind of like now you don't have a support system because there's no nobody nobody's really left strong. You know, you can't go get love and that support and that like happiness from somebody else. Like you're going to you're about to get the worst version of all of us, you know, because we're all destroyed. And when that happened, that's when I really had to kick into this like you know i had to put my i had to build this beautiful picture around myself of just saying nice things and going to school and trying to be such a positive person to other people and i noticed the more i did it the more i would get it back and the more i did it the more i'd get it back and it was making me feel proud and so to answer your question a little more specifically i definitely grew up with a large support and then I watched everybody's joy like disappear overnight, you know? Yeah, and then, then there was no support. I did I definitely had to do it for myself at that point. No, I thanks for sharing that. And and I can relate to you a ton. Like I grew up with five brothers and sisters and always had like someone had friends over and there were aunts and uncles and like and cousins that were always over and it was like really crazy all the time. Just a lot of people and a lot of energy. And the way that I kind of coped with that was like breaking off into this own kind of private world that was just for me that only I knew about that I was in control of because otherwise it's like everyone knew what I was doing where I was like nothing ever felt like it was my own it's like I shared a room like with my brother and unfortunately like a lot of those habits became kind of negative but I didn't really view it that way at the time because it just felt like my world and felt like the only place where I could really have control and similar to you right you grew up in a family obviously everyone loves each other right there's there's fun times there's times where we get in arguments and all those kind of things but the the feelings are always there and unfortunately for me which which I kind of heard you just say as well it like takes an event that's really shitty for it to for people to finally like open up about it. Like my parents got divorced in like 2010. And like when that happened, it's like the fucking floodgates just went open and all our family shit from the last 10, 20 plus years, that's when it all comes out on the table. And it's, it's, yeah. it's so, it's so like, I guess part of the reason why we're doing this here is because we don't want people to wait until that thing happens until that straw breaks the camel's back for us to start to have the conversation or for you guys to like, talk about that fight that you just had instead of putting that record on and just dancing and acting like it's all okay right so yeah that, that's kind of like how that made me feel yeah no nah, man that's i mean that's like and that's really it like something i learned as i got older was like you know because i have all these defense mechanisms myself and like sure it sounds like like good but like you're saying like there's things that you just you have to work through you know like immediately and so as I got older and like my job got more stressful and all this other stuff, you know, and like now I'm like competing in this hyper competitive Mm -hmm. industry. Like I had to just go get a therapist. I was like, I need a therapist. I was like, I have to do this. I was like, I absolutely have to like, yes, I'm good at smiling things off. Yes. I'm good at really expressing myself. Yes. I'm good at like, you know, I've exercised battling 
stress and depression and stuff like that. But I got to work through the shit now, you know, and I got to work through it with a professional. And I encourage all my homies to go um, seek a therapist to really just like, yeah, you know, because you never, I guess what I'm getting at is like, like you said, like when shit hits the fan, then everybody's shit comes out, right? Yeah. And it's like, you never know when that moment's going to be. Mm-hmm. And you got to, you're right, you, sh- you got to work on it before the shit hits the fan, you know? So when the shit hits the fan, it's okay, right? you know? We ready, and yeah. we're, we're ready, we're used to working through this. So I had to get a therapist to just like prepare, you know, just to always be kind of like clean, you know? I think yeah. it's like uh, we hold on to things so much and you're not clean because there's negative things that you're thinking that you're holding on to. And you got to like always get it out every week. I usually go to my therapist like every single week and just like get that out. So anybody listening, definitely, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to go buy, you know, a $30 drink, okay, at a terrible bar, just, you know what I'm saying? Pay a little more. You can spend the 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it costs to just go to see a therapist, even if you're doing it once a month. Yeah. You feel me? Like in and out is great, but you don't have to go there that much. You can stop. <laughs> you feel me? Cook some from home. Eat, I would rather eat ramen noodles and be able to go see a therapist than like eat hella lavishly. Yeah, and I think I think the important part about mental health and at least how we try to talk about it is that it's like this full spectrum, right? And and like you guys both talked about, it's not waiting till things are going wrong to now start to try to take care of it. And and I think for me, what I've realized, it's like you build up, you know, different tools in your toolkit over time. And of course, like therapy is a super powerful one. And I actually also started going uh, as of January. And I realized like not everything needs to be wrong in my life for me to go to therapy. And I've learned and grown so much just from that experience. And I know that not everyone can afford it. And and hopefully as, as things continue to get better the cost will come down it'll be more accessible but but i think it is really about wanting to you know learn about yourself learn about your your mental health why you do certain things so that you're ready when when there is a more challenging time and i think Kyle, also one of the things you were talking about is like the the act of giving you know compliments to people and and making them feel good in a way it's also like a selfish thing right because like i do the same thing and it makes me feel good when i'm able to like help someone or give them a compliment or things like that and and those are really things that can improve uh your mental health at least in my own experience for you you know we also read that like you're bullied a lot right like growing up and in school and things like that like i guess that experience were you trying to like take control of that by like hey you guys can bully me as much as you want but like you know, I'm just, You're never I, gonna I, take I my happiness, guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. You hit it right on the head. That was like the real way of using it as like a tool. It's like, you're not going to take my joy. You're also not going to make me mean. <laughs> I'm never going to do what you're doing, you know? And it's kind of like a defense for me to people who were bullying me or something. Cause I realized like, okay, hurt people, hurt people. And it's the truest statement, you know? Hurt people are the ones that are trying to take it and then hurt somebody else. Everybody, I feel like deep down would love to be loved and love to just love everything. But because of fear, because of insecurities, right, they don't operate like that. And sometimes they'll really, you know, put it out in like a hurtful way. And when I saw people doing that, I realized it didn't get you anywhere. And I also saw when people do that, they just want you to feel like them. And my point to them and my point to 
a lot of my music too and just like all haters everywhere it's like i'll never feel like you you know if you feel like that i'm going to keep giving you love until you don't and if your only aim is to hurt me you're going to lose this battle every time because i don't actually have a problem with you you know mm. unless it's like yeah a situation where i'm like truly jealous of somebody or something and you know and i'm slipping up and i'm like mad at them and i want you know what i mean but there's very few times i've even let myself you know get to that point so with every single person and thing i'm always going to just give it love and even if it doesn't love me back that interaction will still be something that makes me walk away like feeling lighter you know sure. and it's like yeah. the world is just a crazy hectic place like if you go out there and just take all the you know what i mean and you, you will your your mental will get messed up yeah it uh it reminds me of something that my mom always told me as a kid which i still don't know if i fully believe it's kind of a weird thing to think about is that no one can make you feel anything and i would always be telling her as a kid like oh like this person made me sad or like or this girl made me whatever all these things and she's like no one can make you feel anything and i really didn't understand it for the longest time and then now the way i kind of think of it is like don't give someone else enough power to have that kind of effect over you like if if you're really secure with yourself and comfortable with who you are it's like you didn't make me feel sad you did something period and i'm feeling sad right and like yeah. when we kind of take that power away from other people and and give it more to ourselves things don't like soak into us so much and i'm not saying not to listen to how you feel but like we can somewhat kind of deflect it and be like oh that that's really fucked up what that person did to me i'm not going to give them that much power over me to have it mess up my whole day and make me sad that's what they did that's not right and this is kind of how i'm responding to it so that's kind of how I like to deal with with different slights or or different people out there if if they're kind of not showing up for you the way that you want them to show up for you. One, it's out of your control, obviously, how someone else is going to show up. And two, just face it back on yourself, right? Like the more that you fuck with yourself and the more you work on that relationship with self, the less you'll have to worry about relying on other people to show up for your own happiness. Yeah, no, nah, that's right. You hit that. You hit that literally right on the head. Like. Look, it's impossible for things to not have friction. Right. It's going to happen. Because like I said, we are all insecure like beings. We are. And how our society works, especially in America, like is, you know what I mean? Something happens in our life. We take that. We push it out at the world because yeah. that's how you literally get things out. If you were mad, even if you weren't going to talk about it, if you were sitting here right in that chair, pissed off because of something, you can't help yourself. You can't help yourself. And right. when you're like that, you may bring it on to somebody. And now we're, now we're all just clashing. And like, I think uh, it really has a lot to do with society you're in that either like really affects the mental health of like their population. And I think in America, we really live in a, like a screaming out how we feel kind of society. There's very little uh, restraint here. And because of that, it's a lot harder to kind of like be happy here because you're always going to have to deal with some sort of shit from somebody or something. You know what I mean? Like, but part of the reason that it's a problem in America, how we kind of scream it out like that is because then 
it becomes a competition, which is what a lot of people feel like mental health is. People like how payment, like how you were talking about, about the spectrum that it operates on. Everyone is always comparing their experience to someone else. So when someone steps outside and they're screaming how they're mad and what happened to them, another person who's feeling the same feeling of anger, but maybe the story on paper isn't as intense or they don't have the right to feel as angry. That person is then going to hold that anger inside because they don't feel like it can compete with what happened to that other person, which also just doesn't help anyone. And, and all of the social medias and just the way that technology has progressed, it's like everyone can get their message out. But then you'll even hear people get backlash like I see on Twitter and stuff when someone opens up. But, oh, it's not that bad. Or, like, you have to look at what happened to this other person. That's way worse than you. So, like, you should just be grateful. And, of course, that's important, too. But it creates this kind of competition thing that then negates a lot of people from feeling comfortable to open up about what's going on with them because it's not as bad as that other person, which which really doesn't help. Yeah. And like you talked about, there's good ways to share and then just counterproductive ways. Like, uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, everyone has their own experience, but they're all the same emotions that, that we feel, right? And we talk about this a lot on the show, which is like, Kyle, if you're feeling sad about something and Mason's feeling sad, like, it's all relative, right? And, and you, you guys are feeling the exact same thing. So it's like not a competition of who's more sad or who's more depressed or who's happier. <laughs> like, I think it's like these things have become such a thing where it's like, now we want to talk about like who, you know, who's doing the worst out of us. But I think, you know, I think one thing that, that we noticed Kyle was like, in a lot of your music, right? You're, you are openly talking about mental health, right? Like you have a, yeah. a song called uh, Ups and Downs. And, and I think it, it does a great job of like, in the lyrics and in in the music and in the song, you know, really portraying a message, right? So like for you, how have you thought about that, right? Like incorporating it into your music, right? Is that just your life or, you know, how are you thinking about the message in the music? That's my number one priority is making sure every song of mine has something in it that can help somebody because music, right, saves me when I was, depressed you know when my grandfather passed and like that's the first time anybody had ever died like that that i was you know like my dad essentially like you know i had nowhere to go and and music and certain artists and their songs like helped me through that depression and ever since then my entire goal with with music has been making sure that every single song is talking about my experience and giving my outlook, my superpower of being able to overcome some of these things, put that in the song and send it out to kids to teach them how you can change your perspective. And I want your guys' opinion on this too. Like my, like my thought on it has always been like, everything is just perspective. Like you can find beauty in anything. And as long as you're willing to come to terms with it, everything can be beautiful and you know and you can sort of find happiness and find joy anywhere and it's all up to you to just change your perspective you know yeah. and you don't have to be sad you know like i kind of lived this life where i was like i can always focus on finding the positive in everything and when i do that i'm always going to be happy and so that's sort of what i put into the music and that's um that's i made an album called smile which was all these really sad songs when you read the lyrics but the music of it is all extra upbeat and up tempo it's almost like disco music sort of like trying to infuse that message like even when things are really 
bad and going really whack, like you got to just like continue like smiling through it and find the positive. Yeah. I think for us, I mean, that's, that's totally been true. I think the, the message we try to spread is like, yeah, mindset is a super powerful thing and yeah, it can't cover every area. It can't help everyone at all times. But I think for the most part, like trying to live a life of like an optimist, which is like really what we preach, right? Like seeing the, the brighter days, even in darker times, or just believing that they'll come and continuing to have that mindset for us has been the biggest message we're trying to spread, right? Because it's like, Everyone has a different circumstance at a different point in their life, but it's really about that. And I think what you talked about, like growing up as a kid, like giving people compliments, making them feel good, like you feel that in the music too, right? So now you're just doing it on a way bigger scale, right? Like the hundreds of millions of people that that hear the music now are getting really those same messages that you were spreading when when you were a 15-year-old kid, which is pretty cool. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. That's fire. No, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, that's actually it is is it's really it's a really cool um it's a really cool opportunity and it's like a really cool um like blessing, you know, it's like an honor. It's like a you know, it it's like a, a responsibility for a sure. Responsibility. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it, it's true because it's like you have all this power now and people listen to you and people are like Oh, like if Kyle's being positive, like I could be positive. Right. So it's like whatever you're feeding them, like they're able to to thrive off that. And you know what? It was funny. So I'm charging my AirPods because my left one just died. But um, <laughs> it was funny too. just speaking on the music just for a second. I like had to I had to go make the songs myself, though, too, because like especially in rap and in hip hop, like every single song I was hearing while I was going through the worst event of my life was just telling me really mean shit, you know? Like, every song told me that they were gonna fuck my girlfriend. Every song told me that they were cooler than me. Every single song told me that they had more things than me. Every single song told me that they would beat my ass, you know? It was just like, I'm like, how are we gonna heal as a people? This is what we're ingesting every day. And, you know, especially for rap, like, rap and just in the Black community in general, like, why is, like, being happy and being passive and being nice and being like overly joyful like why is that whack yeah you know what i mean like it shouldn't be whack and that was kind of a part of my mission a little bit too is to like try and change that perspective even if like you know people just call me corny the entire time like it's okay i'm dedicated to like improving like an image of my entire people and hopefully helping kids that look like me who listen to me heal and focus on joy rather than focusing on giving into their anger it's crazy because we have such a similar experience too but in like the fashion industry instead of music where when we were coming up all of the streetwear brands were just dark and were exclusive and like i would walk into stores after middle school and like feel like i was a loser or like i wasn't yeah. cool enough or like <laughs> the employees were just dicks or like people were putting just like curse words on their clothes or just like these weren't the messages that like we wanted to kind of own ourselves so that was kind of why we started mad happy at the time and why we really felt like there was a lane that wasn't being filled of like let's make some shit that is like lifting people up and has bright colors and 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 positive messaging and really stands for something and is super inclusive and is like for everyone and, and someone walks into one of our stores and they're greeted and and they feel dope and accepted and like it's just interesting to think about the parallels between kind of the music and the fashion game and how we both took like a super similar approach to really finding our voice. Yeah, no, that's dope. 
nah, that's dope, dude. Yeah, make the, you know what I'm saying? Make the change you want to see. Mm-hmm. And I feel, and I feel you, and thank you for doing that in fashion because damn, man, walking into that feeling you described and just walking into a store and <laughs> yeah. immediately feeling like a loser is like, <laughs> wow. You know, I didn't know I was like a peasant or whatever. Yeah. Whatever vibes I'm getting right now are just making me feel like a peasant. So that's good. Fashion needs different. And, you know, and because of that reason you just described, it killed my experience with fashion up until I was like 20, 24, 25. Right. Like, I was so anti-fashion. I was anti. I would talk shit about fashion in all my songs, like always, <laughs> and talk shit about people who thought they dressed cool because I was just like anti it, and I was anti it because I felt like it was anti me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's got to change because you know that's a. It's just like a good example of how that like that energy trickles off of one experience, and then you got me talking shit about fashion, and then once I finally become you know, more mature and I understand what it really is, then I was like, okay, now I'm actually starting to like dabble in like brands and shit like that. Before I did, I was so anti, I was like white tea and cut off diggies. And whoever <laughs> walks in here with some Supreme on, I'm going to flame you, you know? And it was just because I was hurt from feeling like a loser every time I sniffed like, you know, just the air of like a Dior store. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have you back in the game, uh, first of all. I want to go back to ups and downs a little bit, specifically in the second verse. Uh, you talk about kind of having a mental breakdown. If you're comfortable, I would love to hear in your own words, kind of like what that looked like for you. Was it something that had been building? Did it come out of nowhere? And how how were you able to deal with it? Uh, that's yeah, that's a really good question. I um that so at that time, right? It was 2016. It's right when my little sister had gotten diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. right and i had always had these little defense mechanisms and all these things i'm telling you guys about right that have made um have helped me get by and at that point i had like dedicated years and years and years and years and years of my life to chasing fame right and becoming famous and becoming popping and i felt like such a failure you know i felt like a failure as like a as like a brother you know as like an mm-hmm. older brother, I just felt like I I failed like my family. And it felt I've always felt like this like savior complex, right? Like this survival survival guilt, you know, because everybody in my family has issues and they gotta work through them and life is hard. But for me, I was just out here chasing music. And when that happened, and it was like, oh, you know, you can't go back and change this. You can't fix this. You can't do these things to it. You're just gonna have to deal with it now. It was just a lot to take on at once. And in 2016, I just like felt so low, you know, and like nothing with music was really happening the way I wanted it to happen. It was just like such a really tough place. I was on the worst tour of my entire life. Like it was just trash. It was just the worst environment. And I just felt really low. And the reason I made Light of Mine at first, it was supposed to be called this tiny little microscopic Light of Mine. That was like the whole title. Mm. and it was talking about trying to hold on to that last little sliver of hope you know like i was trying to hold on to just like the last tiny little beam of like niceness i had left because i was feeling really empty and that that song specifically yeah the line you know 2016 hit me like a bag of bricks 
because it did. And then 2017 switched up like, ooh, it's lit. I nearly had a mental breakdown and eight months later had a hit. I guess life is like a box of chocolates, huh? You never know what you're going to get. And I love that line so much because like, I feel like I was, I'm always the eternal optimist and always trying to remind other people to be optimistic and just think about the future and don't stress out. It's going to be okay. But then in that, in that moment, I needed to tell myself that, you know, cause I was like so sad, so angry, so resentful, so mad. And then yeah. especially with music and just being like, man, I hate this thing. It robbed me yeah. of all my time. It took all my time away from like, my family that I could have been focusing on more and trying to like help. And then it's not even paying me out or doing anything for me. And ironically, a couple months later, I make the biggest song of my career. I'm one of just the biggest songs. Yeah, no, I, I love that you said that because when you're in it, it feels like this is the rest of your life and it feels like it's the end of the world and it's impossible at times to really see that light at the end of the tunnel. But it's so nice when you're on the other end of it to have that perspective and provide that example for people of like, I was one of the lowest I've ever been. And eight months later, I was on top of the world and feeling amazing. So it's like wherever you are right now, I know it feels like you can't even see tomorrow, but like take the shit one day at a time and like just take these baby steps. And before you know it, you're gonna be looking back on that like, wow, I can't believe I ever thought that I'd be there forever. Yeah, it's temporary. I like totally agree with that. It's temporary. Like it's like a cold, right? Like you know your cold is going to last two weeks. And on yeah. this day, you're going to be fine, right? Sadness is the exact same way. Like if people were to just tell you, yeah, you're gonna be hella sad for like three months, but on this month you're not gonna be sad. Like, and that is how sadness works too. It's ups and downs. And you need both of them to truly appreciate the other one. Yeah, and I think e- you know, even the point you made with the cold, it's like when you, ha- before you have a cold, you have all these like different worries. And then when you're sick, you're like, I just want to feel better. And so I think part of that, you get stuck on that thing of like, oh my God, like, I'm so sad. Like, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Like, and then, and then it is hard to get out of, you know? And I think you made a great point. I also feel like I'm a huge optimist, but like, I sometimes find myself in that place of like not being an optimist, you know? And I think it's like, it happens um, less maybe than other people. But when I do find myself there, it is harder to get out. And I'm like, you know, your mind goes places too. And, And so I think that's a super powerful message. And a great bar for sure. As we wrap up, um, you know, a couple final questions for you. I think one thing I'm wondering about is you've been super open about it, right? Like historically guys in general are just like less open to talking about mental health. And then especially in the black community, right? Like how have you tried to really open up that world, right? Like you said, you want kids that look like you or, or, or think like you to like be able to like also talk about it, right? And not like keep it going generation over generation. Has that been something you've consciously thought about? Without a doubt, that's my number one mission. That is the number one thing that thrives my art. All my art starts with how is this gonna help somebody? Primarily people who need it most in every aspect, like with my music. And then like, it's all imagery, you know? Um, I'm working, I'm developing an anime series called Karaku, which means lighthearted, right? In Japanese or happy-go-lucky. And I'm doing it with Colin Kaepernick and Carl Jones because we need images. Yeah, he's in Karaku is the eternal optimist. He is kind. He's hopeful. He's full of joy. You know what I mean? Those things are missing from like hip hop or like, you know, things like that, because the imagery we're being fed is like so anti that it's like solve your problems with money. 
Get as much money as you can and buy your happiness. Buy ice, buy jewelry, buy all this shit and buy cars and then you're going to be happy. That's like the imagery that we're sold, you know, just shit like that. And it's like, or the imagery we're sold is really damaging, you know, and it's negative. Like I was talking about like, you know, every image I have in anime of a black person is somebody pissed off. Every, every black story that happens to be animated, like on like Japanese anime is a revenge tale of somebody who's really mad trying to just kill everybody and chain smoking cigarettes and like being pissed off. That's the imagery we're getting. So yeah, part of my mission is always trying to like reverse engineer that because I'm not stupid. You know what I mean? I know why the only films that are going to get greenlit from us are going to be some slave shit or it's going to be some guy who's got to get revenge. And once you take the image of somebody and you distort it, then you can do whatever you want to that person without any repercussions. Because people are going to be like, yeah, they're angry, they're violent, they're dangerous, they're out for revenge. And you got to take, you got to change that. I'm not dumb. I'm not going to let you get away with this. I'm not going to let you get away with branding happiness is whack to the black community. So I'm really passionate about this, as you can see, but I don't want to get too turned up. But yeah, that's like a huge goal of mine. I always got to make sure that when you see me and you hear the song I'm talking about, I'm going to be trying to make you, my audience, happier in any medium. You don't need any more tough guy shit. We don't need any more, like somebody else will do that, I promise you. But when it comes to my art, it's always going to be something trying to teach people how to be loving, how to be kind, and how to be happy and hopeful and optimistic. Kyle, what's, you know, what's next for you? We know you have more music coming. You talked about the show, but I guess, how would you, how would you tell the audience what, what you're going to be up to or what they could expect from Kyle coming up? Um, you know, more music. I'm an independent artist now, so I'm dropping more music. Definitely expect an album. And then we're going to go on tour this year too. So it's going to be epic. Amazing. Oh yeah. Um, all right. We'll end with, uh, our same two questions that we end every episode with. Number one is if you could nominate anyone to come on the show who has a very powerful mental health journey who's inspired you or even someone who hasn't really spoken on their mental health that you would love to hear from, who would it be? It would definitely be my fiance. Yeah. Yeah, Jada. She's a really incredible DJ, but also like that's the person that helped me the most on my journey with like not trying to laugh everything off, you know, and like really mm-hmm. sitting down and dealing with some shit. Dealing with the shit, yeah. And getting it out and working on it. For sure. And lastly, uh, Kyle, what makes you mad happy? What makes me mad happy? Making a fire song. <laughs> Nothing in the world makes me happier. That shit will make me happy for like years. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Love that. Um, well, yeah, Kyle, thank you so much. We really appreciate you doing this. Uh, obviously, you've been an inspiration to so many, and it's really just the beginning. So we know people will love this conversation. Everyone go check out Kyle. Check out the new songs he has coming out, and you can check him on tour soon. But thank you again. Nah, thank you, man. This is awesome. I appreciate both of y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to us for you to tune in and hear us talk about mental health. 
Hope you're able to learn something new from this conversation. It's awesome for us to be able to just take a little new piece of information and advice with each one of these episodes. And of course, thank you so much to Kyle for taking the time to come on the show, talk about his past experiences, and really let us know what inspired him to create what he creates. We also want to remind everyone that mental health is an ongoing process and is something that takes daily work. For more information on how to get support, you can check us out at localoptimist.com backslash podcast. And if you want to support the show, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next week for our conversation with where we talk about mental health. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism.